How lonely sits the city that once was full of people. Sounds like something from a Denver Post article about the state of downtown these days. But it's actually the opening line of the Book of Lamentation, written just a a few thousand years ago, sometime after the Babylonians upended the lives of the Israelites, wrecked the holy city of Jerusalem, and sent them into exile. That time in history seems suddenly relevant, given how our own lives have been so upended, how our own holy city has been wrecked, at least economically, and all of us are experiencing a strange kind of exile in our own homes. This being my first pandemic, there's been a lot to learn. And one of the things I'm discovering is that a pandemic has phases. Go back with me to March 8th, the day of my installation, or as we call it around my house, the crowning. I'm really the only one who calls it that. It was just two days later on Tuesday that we talked as a staff about the changes we would need to make in order to address growing concerns about the virus. We came up with what seemed like a sensible plan. And a day later, we canceled worship in the sanctuary entirely. It all changed that fast. And it feels like it's been changing that fast for most of the last two months. As a country, when all of this hit, we went into crisis mode. We started learning everything we could about the virus. We tracked its growth. We prepared for a surge in hospitalizations. We developed safety protocols. We started making test kits and protective equipment. We stayed home. And while we were home, we made masks and broke out the board games and checked on our neighbors. And We read a million articles. We learned how to Zoom and Facebook Live. We made more masks. We washed our hands and we washed them again. Our collective response to the last two months has been crazy and overwhelming and disorienting and beautiful to behold. But I wonder if you are feeling as I am a shift. At least for me, the initial adrenaline rush of the crisis is slowing and we are moving to a new phase, what I think we may look back on and call the slog phase. Slogs come in many shapes and sizes, and while hard to define, you know one when you're in one. School of all kinds can be a slog, law school, medical school, seminary, high school most of all. Anything athletic can be a slog, running a marathon or climbing a 14er, getting on the treadmill day after day. A big project at work can be a slog. Close your ears, kids' parenting can sometimes feel like a slog. That word slog, funny enough, is related to the word slug, as in to hit someone hard, which seems about right. Collectively, our world has been slugged by this virus, hit and hit hard. And now that we're recovering from the initial punch, we seem to be in for a long, slow slog. Slogs usually come up in the middle of something, when it's too late to say never mind, but still too soon to see the end. It's what makes them so sloggy. You don't know if or when they're ever going to be over. One day starts looking like the next day. You stop wearing your watch or nice pants or any pants. Things can get bad. Compromises are made. The good news is that a slog phase can end as quickly as it begins. Something can change, a door opens, a light dawns, and the end is suddenly in view. 
but that can be hard to remember when you're in the middle and the muddle. So I've been asking myself what we need to do to get through the days ahead of us. The Israelites. The Israelites ended up being in exile for about 50 years. Maybe that's not what you need to hear right now. Once they recovered from the initial shock, they got busy learning how to live in a new land. They got new jobs, they raised families, they learned how to have church without their beloved temple. And interestingly, many of them actually never went back to Jerusalem once it was an option again. What did they learn about how to get through a slog? How did they, what did they do to make it through such a difficult time? Well, as evidenced by the book of Lamentations, at least one thing they did was lament. They wept and wailed. They mourned and grieved. They cried out, how long, O God, how long? Now, I was taught that strong emotions like sadness and anger are best left undealt with. Whenever possible, you should put them in a box down in the basement next to other boxes with labels like crushed dreams and ties from the 70s, and these boxes should never be opened again. But I think to make it through the coming weeks and months, we're all going to have to get better at feeling our feelings, especially our sadness. The fact is we have a lot to be sad about right now. Whatever our circumstances and situation, we have lost things. And we need to find ways of expressing that. We need to find ways to lament. Now, you may say to yourself that this pandemic has fairly unfairly impacted others much worse than you. So why should you complain? Or you may say there are so many unexpected blessings in these strange days, you should stay positive or stay focused on what's positive. Both of these things are absolutely true. And you know, knowing who your co-pastors are, that we're going to spend plenty of upcoming sermons talking about exactly those two things. But it's also true that whoever you are, this is hard and you have lost things and you have things to worry about and it's okay to feel that. In fact, not only is it okay to feel that, I think our spiritual tradition says that it's wise to feel that. It says it's healing to feel that. It says you get through these times by yes, focusing on the good stuff, looking for beauty and joy, appreciating what you have and helping those who have it worse than you. And you're going to need to bring that box up from the basement now and then and let yourself grieve. I have a suggestion for you. Sometime this week, find a quiet spot and 30 minutes and start your own book of Lamentations. Include in this book the things that you've lost in the last few months, the things that you miss, the things that make you sad, or the things that worry you. If you're the creative type, you can paint it or sing it or build it. You can call a friend and take turns sharing your laments. Whatever works for you. The important thing is to find healthy ways of expressing how hard all of this is, or you may find it coming out sideways.
The other day, my daughter was in the kitchen making her lunch, and my son seemed to feel that she wasn't making enough space for him as he tried to finish making his own lunch. Before I knew it, there was a brief spell of yelling and screaming, and then he threw his half-made sandwich at her. It landed mostly on the kitchen floor, where it remained after he stormed off, turkey on white bread with mayonnaise. And it occurred to me as I quietly walked over and put it in the trash that this sudden outburst wasn't really about lunch or even about their relationship. This is hard and it's going to stay hard for a while. And if you find yourself occasionally wanting to throw a turkey sandwich at someone you love, you're right where you should be. Just try to be patient with yourself and be forgiving of others. Feel your feelings and take some time now and then to lament. <laughs>